What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast, where church and culture come together. As always, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Give us a like, follow us, and uh, everything you do helps us to continue to reach people with the Word of God. So we love you guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast today. God bless you. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to VCast. It is Jeremy, and I am here, finally back after a crazy last couple of weeks and months. I don't even know how long I've been gone, but I want to thank Jacob, our host, for taking over and really just taking over. Uh, I know John came in, and you know Pastor Allen did a session, and so did uh, uh, Pastor Jeremiah. So it's been really good, man. And thank you guys for 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 holding down the fort, man. And I'm just glad to be back. So, Jacob. Take it away, man. What are we talking about today? So today we are going over the last episode for this series, the I Am series, and we're going to be focusing on I Am Victorious. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24, and I'm really excited to get into this. I know that um, for the this whole series, we've had a lot of good conversations with all the guests, um, and I think you were actually, were you in the beginning of it? You were, right? I don't remember. I know it's been it's been a long series, been so I've kind of lost a little bit of time. But I feel like you were here at the beginning, and then you know the it's been you know, a long series. I, yeah. I think that's why it's and it's funny too because Ephesians is only like six chapters, but it's lo and behold, here yeah, we, we are. We've been here for a while. <laughs> it's so. been a lot of episodes, but I I won't say that I'm relieved that it's over. But you know we're we're at the end of the road, and it's more of like this feeling of not relief, but what, what word would you use? Um, I went to Georgia and climbed a mountain. And after I climbed that mountain with my wife, we took like this giant deep breath and we were like, there you go. <sighs> like what an accomplishment, man. Yeah. Like, like I feel accomplished. And I loved it the entire, cause I've been to that same mountain. It was it, what is it? Stone mountain? Stone mountain. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've yeah. been there too. And it's I not that it. you didn't love the way up, but once you got up there, you're just like, oh yeah, I mean, it was a long journey, but yeah. it was worth it, man. Yeah, that man, view so. was incredible. Um, it, so what we're going to talk about today, when I say that I am victorious, what, what we mean is that there's a war going on right right? and every christian is a soldier in a war um when we don't know this or or we forget that life is a war we can no longer make sense of our struggles and and that's something that i want to focus on sort of our struggles and how we fight Mm -hmm. um but you know like when this happens when we forget about our struggles when we forget um about really what's going on around us yeah yeah and we just choose to neglect it um, we wrongly interpret everything as a negative. Right, right, yeah. Like we have a tendency to think that I'm going through something because um, God put me through this. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. God is putting me through this because I did something wrong or, you know, but uh, I think oftentimes what that does is it, it kind of neglects the fact that we have an enemy out there. And so that's why I'm glad we're going into Ephesians chapter six, because Ephesians chapter six, as soon as it opens up, it starts telling us that I, like Paul needs to give us a reminder. You're going to struggle and you're going to go through some stuff in life. But instead of pointing your finger at God and saying, God, how could you let this happen? rather understand that you have an enemy that your war is not against flesh and blood it's not against people it's against principalities it's against rulers it's against powers in this dark world and so keeping that in the forefront of our minds we can understand like i'm going to be going through a lot of battles in my life and when i do i don't blame god and i don't blame my neighbors the very people i'm trying to reach and and love with the love of christ I, I, I'm going to remember that I have an enemy in this war, that this is a war for my soul. And every day I have to fight. Exactly. Um, 
just like you said, like our, our situations are not a result of judgment from God, but is at, at other times it's really just an attack from the enemy. Um, right. The Bible tells us that God does not tempt. So none right. of our situations or none of the situations that we get into are a result of God. God does not tempt. He cannot tempt. Right. Um, God had poured out his judgment on Jesus rather than um, us for those of us that are in Christ. And in doing so, has already claimed victory over the enemy. So God does not tempt. He only um, brings victory to you and, and you claim victory from right. him when you're in him. But many times, um, we, because we forget we're in a war, we blame everything on God because right. we forget that we're fighting an enemy. And I think that's what he wants from us in the first place. Right. I'm trying to remember what it was. I know I know Tristan had, had wrote it down. What were we just talking about for the girl groups? The big idea the victoria yeah that victorious big idea um it's in christ we do not fight for victory but we fight, fight from, from victory oh that's so good we don't fight for victory but we fighting from victory um no matter what it is that we're struggling with in our lives we have certain victory in christ he is um uh, the the latin phrase was our christus victor the the understanding that christ is our victory um and that he has won the fight for us the fight against sin the fight against satan the fight against this world and these cosmic entities that are at war and the heavenly places they have all been put down and put to shame by jesus and i remember um we talked about um dualism the understanding that there's an enemy and god and the enemy are at war with each other and sometimes the devil wins and sometimes god wins it's all false yeah that's not how it works du yeah dualism doesn't work so how, how but what's the reality the reality is that we have a, a we have already received victory or victory that we haven't necessarily already received, but it's ours to claim if yeah. we choose to claim it, right? That victory has already been won. And if we claim it, we're already victorious. And that's something that as Christians, we need to remember. Right. When we fight, we fight from a place of victory right. um, because that's what keeps us going. Yeah, exactly. that, you know, I, I've already won this fight. I don't need to stay down. I've already won. I just need to endure now. That's the whole point. And yeah. that's the whole point of our battles. It's just enduring. Yeah. And even in those battles, God is going to pull something good out of this. You know, like God said, isn't it, isn't it what God said when he said that, um, you know, um, what was it? Jeremiah 29, 11, um, where he says, how am I forgetting Jeremiah 29, 11, bro? What does it say? I need like the first word and then I forget um, for it. I for I know the plans the, yeah. that I have for you, Dang, declares bro. the Lord, you plans to prosper you, not like, to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The fact that you didn't know made me feel like I didn't know because it, you're my pastor. <laughs> so like, I, for, I felt like, I was like, do I know? Because he the, doesn't know. The, yeah, the, 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 uh, the verses, it's not cliche because I think all scripture is great. I think when people say, yo, what's your favorite Bible verse? I'm like, Really? I'm not going to choose that. Everything is good. But I, I think what happens is that God, bad things will happen in our lives, but the bad things, God can flip them and use them for our good. Mm -hmm. As long as we remember God loves me, he has called me, and everything that happens in my life, it's only going to serve its purpose to strengthen me. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, coming out of this situation that I came out of recently with my wife, um, for those who don't know that are listening to this, my wife had um, uh, contracted COVID. Um, she, you know, had COVID for about a week. She had fever for a week. We consulted a doctor and after consulting the doctor, 
they said, you know, your oxygen levels are low. Go to uh, go to the hospital emergency room. Um, that very next day, she woke up with her oxygen level at 70 and it's supposed to be at a 92. Um, we brought her to the ER. She got hospitalized. And then within another week of being in the hospital, she was on a ventilator. Well, actually, it was like four days. They ventilated my wife and she was in a medically induced coma for 10 days came out of that and then she's been in a recovery process all in all she was in the hospital for about 40 days which is you know super awesome because it's like wow the number 40 is such a significant number in the bible and that was exactly how long she was in the hospital um but in all of that when my wife was in a coma hearing you know doctors saying i don't think she's gonna make it through i don't know if she's gonna make it it's very hard to feel like i had the victory it was very hard for me to to to, to actually convince myself nah you're good, Jeremy. You're going to have the victory. God's got this covered. And it was very hard to, to believe that um, because in the middle of a war, it's very hard to see the outcome of victory when you're in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And most of the problems that we go through in life are, are usually a result of our own sin or somebody else's. And, um, you, you know, but behind every sin, though, is Satan. And it's no one else's fault, really. Um, hardships in life it's not a physical person to blame um it's all satan and while we hold a moral responsibility for our sins yeah uh satan is also responsible to some degree and, right and, and i think that um there, there's like a, a a half and half it's like we share that responsibility and he does share the yeah. other half yeah um he is a deceiver who delights when we join him in rebellion against god yeah he, it's it's what he 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 enjoys that yeah. So to some degree, when we do sin, because mm-hmm. I don't want to get like take away all responsibility from the people as well when right, sin exactly, happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But also understanding that yeah the, the, that since we're in a war, there's an enemy who's sort of what what would be the like helping us sort of to sin to rebel right uh, encouraging yeah because there's situations in life where it's like there are consequences for sin, and then there's other situations in life where people are suffering and they did nothing wrong you know what i mean situations like my wife's for example were not as the res- she sinned so god gave her COVID or something yeah, like no, that no, no, that's not what um, saying. and and so like in a situation like that or like in the situation of like a car accident which i've seen many of them where you know people are just driving they love the lord they're having a great life and a car accident happens and people pass away like some things are not as a result of sin some are and but at, behind all of it is the enemy you know like even then there were there were people who tried you know um in my wife's case to come in and say well maybe maybe the enemy maybe god is trying to teach you something you know maybe this happened because god is trying to teach you something and to me i'm just like okay yeah that's true but at the same time i'm like there is a an enemy who he is garbage man and all he wants to do is lie steal kill destroy that's all that he's came to do from the very beginning and he's bad and he's good at it yeah uh, that's funny to say, right? He's yeah. good at it, but he's he's bad, but he's good at it. Yeah, he's, he's good at being bad. He's good at being bad. But uh, um, everything you just said and, and um, kind of aligns with what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Throughout right. Ephesians, Paul discusses Satan and demonic powers frequently. Paul's purpose is to make us aware of the spiritual aspect of life, helping us make sense of some of the problems that we face. Right. But in knowing all of this, why are we sometimes surprised by the fact that we're suffering? Yeah, Um, I think oftentimes we're surprised because we have this tendency to think because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to suffer. 
And I think that's a lie of the enemy that we've, he's we've talked about that before. Yeah. We, we've talked about that before in earlier podcasts that I'm a Christian and it's all sunshines and rainbows now. So, yeah, I'm going to be fine. You know, like uh, if I accept Jesus, my life gets better. If anything, it's it's not it doesn't look like that at all. It, it, he brings a balance to your life. Um, but at the same time, it's you're not immune from suffering. You're going to suffer. And you but but he says, I can equip you for that suffering and I can help you get through that suffering a lot better than somebody who, you know, didn't know Christ. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, different things that play into that. You know, the fact that I'm a Christian, I know that when I die, I go to heaven one of the biggest fears we have to face is already taken out because I know that when I die, I go to heaven. So I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to fear it because Jesus destroyed it. You know what I mean? On the cross. When the gospel or like Christian lifestyle is first presented to us, sometimes we walk in with this very basic understanding that God loves me and only wishes good for me. And it's true that God loves me and wishes good for me. But then the verse that you had said earlier, Jeremiah 29, 11, we may take out of context and think that, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And we're like, okay, so that means only prosperity will come and no harm will ever come to me. Right. Right. And although Jeremiah 29, 11 is true, does not mean every aspect of our lives will be filled with wondrous and glorious moments. Yeah. That at sometimes harm will come to me. I'm not promised no harm. Yeah. yeah. I'm not promised um, that the ones that I love won't get sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not promised that. Yeah. And I think that people, when the God, when not only when the gospel is presented in a very basic way, but when they stay at that basic yeah. understanding, I think I think uh, uh, Joseph said it the best uh, from the Bible in the Old Testament. Joseph, he he said, um, "What y'all meant for evil, God used for my good." Right, like what y'all tried to do against me, God used to uplift me, to strengthen me, to build me, to put put me into the position and make me the man that I am today. So I've been shaped by my adversity, not destroyed by it. And so um, I, I think that if we keep that as you know, like as you were saying, even with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, oh God promised a good life for you, and that's the way Jeremiah twenty nine eleven sounds. And a lot of us can adopt that verse and just apply it to ourselves. But one of the hardest things is to look at the life of Paul and say, did Jeremiah twenty nine eleven apply to Paul? He didn't have a good life. Have you ever man, read that? That man had a. Did you read his brag, bro? Life. Where he's like, "Oh, you want to brag? I could brag too." He's like, "I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day." He's like, "I received like forty lashes, less one." He's like shipwrecked like two times. I was beaten with rods, stoned to death, like, and left outside the city for dead. Like this man went on a list of all of his suffering, but he says, "But I count the present sufferings as nothing in comparison to." Um, the worth that I have in Christ that? or the future glory oh, that is to come. That's Romans uh, eight eighteen, I think. Somewhere in there, yeah. Um, <laughs> for I consider that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory, glory that, that lays ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like when staying in that basic understanding, if we want a better understanding of our suffering, we must learn what we can about our enemy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. if we want a better understanding of why we suffer and what we're going through. Because um, there's another aspect to, to scripture where it gives us insight into these things about our enemy. Like, it's not that he's a complete mystery. Mm-hmm. We can find out about him. And if we want to better understand what we're going through, we need to know him. So we talked about him just a little bit right now. But my question to you is, who is he? Who is our enemy? Yeah, he's the uh, father of lies. Um, he has uh, his only goal and objective 
And, and that's the thing. The thing is that Satan has been defeated. He knows he's defeated. His only goal is to take down as many people with him as he possibly can because he knows his future. He knows what God has declared over his life. And so his goal is to to, to make people miserable. Um, and he runs the, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. So we grew up singing a lot of those uh, coritos and those hymns and those. You remember that song? It was like, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. And and it's like Satan is under my feet. And, and I'm like, you know, like a lot of these old school things they make it seem like the devil is like in hell or something like that and that you know the devil's in hell and he's chilling no he's not the bible says he's like right now the ruler of this world he rules over this world he's the prince of the power of the air he literally has legions of demons that he causes to do his will and his bidding and he is not in hell he's roaming this earth seeking somebody to devour and we have to remember we have an active powerful and i'm not saying this to praise him um but at the same time you can't just simply say oh the devil you know i've you know i've heard even christian rappers who you know like the devil is uh whatever and i'm gonna use my spiritual gat to bust the cap in him and stuff and i'm like the heck are you talking about when you look in scripture not even the archangel michael would dare say something against the devil but instead says the lord may the lord rebuke you because even he knows he doesn't have power over him um so he's a powerful enemy not trying to give him credit but if you want to know who he is he's a liar deceiver and he's after blood and he's after you yeah um just to to bring it back to ephesians 6 which is the chapter that we're in ephesians yeah. six twelve says For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So our enemies are not, our our enemy is not one that can be seen, but rather he is behind everything wrong in this world, right? Um, He, and a lot of times we, we may look at other people and point at them and say, that's the enemy. I mean, think about how many wars we fought on this earth. And in reality, the, the, those wars, all, all, all the people, all the death, all the things that have gone wrong, he's behind it all and we just can't see him. Um, but yeah, he, he is Satan and Satan, um, not much is known about him in scripture at least. However, what we do know about him is that he was once an angel at some point, um, but his pride grew and caused him to act in rebellion against God. In being prideful, he stirred up pride within the first humans, causing them to sin right so what what are the tactics that um satan utilizes i know for one of them you said he is the father of lies yeah i mean he's been sinning from the beginning he's been lying Ours. from the very yeah it actually is that is a from a christian rapper he said something like that sin it from the beginning the womb to the tomb depraved to the grave um astray every day every breath brings death and all and adam all die yeah, it's a great song. It sounds depressing, but it's really good. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think that, uh, you know, like his biggest thing is that he aspired for for greatness. You know what I mean? But he he lies to try to like his biggest tool that he uses. And the two places that I think you can see him use it is in Genesis. And again, when he tempts Jesus. And these are the two. These are the reason I go to these two is because these are pivotal, because these are two representations of mankind. There, because Jesus is known as the, the second Adam in scripture. The first Adam, what does he say? Or he says it to Eve, but he says, um, he says what? Um, it did, did, did God really tell you that you would die? And it's not even, it didn't even have to blatantly lie, but he twists the word of God um, so that 
we would believe that maybe we didn't hear things right or maybe this is good when I thought it was bad. Um, and that's the way that the devil has attacked him. And what does he do to Jesus? He takes the word of God and he twists it. He's like, what does the scripture say? He's like, he's like, um, doesn't the scripture, he's like, uh, he's like, are you the word? He's like, you could turn these rocks and make them into bread. And then he goes, yeah, but man doesn't live on bread alone. Right. And so, then he also says, um, he brings them up to like a very high point and he yeah. says, jump off. And it's, he uses scripture. He, he says, uses scripture. Um, that he will send his angels concerning you lest you strike your foot against a stone. Correct. He said, throw yourself off the temple and the angels will, and he's like, you should not put your Lord, your God to the test, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we see that Satan twists the word of God in order to deceive us. And so we have to sit here and go, this is his number one tool. This is the same, he's same tactics from the very beginning. He's been using the same tactics. And you know why? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it works, and it's and it sadly it it does work. It uh, still works. <laughs> Satan's greatest weapon is his mouth. Yeah, right. He goes by many names in the Bible. One of them being deceiver, the father of lies. Mm -hmm. Every word that is uttered by Satan is a lie. He is incapable of I'm speaking the truth. truth. Yeah. He's incapable of it. He will speak lies against you and against God in hopes that you will follow him in rebellion. Yeah. But earlier, we had already discussed that Jesus has the victory. So why does he even continue to fight? I mean, he continues to fight because he has a false sense of of hope that he can outdo God. I, I it, and that's just so crazy because um, he his pride has grown so much. He probably has tricked himself into believing that he can win. Oh, of course. I mean, if you think about it, he in the in the garden. Um, I think a great illustration of his pride is to see what he is in the garden and what he is in Revelation. In the garden, he's a snake, and in Revelation, he's a dragon. Yeah. His pride has grown, and he is a massive dragon of a being in the end because he honestly thinks, um, I think even the Bible says that he, he'll try to deceive us. Even those who have been handpicked by God, he'll try to deceive them, mm -hmm. um, even though he knows he can't do it. Um, but yeah, the devil's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his ultimate goal is to bring us into eternal punishment with right. him. So whether mm -hmm. or not he believes he can or he knows that he can't and in a final act of disobedience tries yeah. to bring us down with him, um, his goal is that we would live a fruitless life beset by heresy and sin. His goal is that we look like him. Exactly. If you think about it, too, it's funny because um, uh, he speaks nothing but false uh, false statements, and um, one of the one of the ways that we can look like Satan today is by gossiping and slandering against people. The New Testament Greek word for gossiper and slander is diabolos. You're, it's where we get the word diablo from in Spanish, which is devil. The word devil in the English language was literally translated from gossiper and slanderer. So when you gossip and slanderer, you don't look more like Satan than when you gossip and slander. <laughs> That's why the, it's like, oh, you're a gossiper and a slanderer. You're a devil. Like legit. That's man. crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, man. What is that called? Etymology. Is that what Et it was called? Etymology, yeah. yeah. Studying words and their roots but yeah, and stuff. I, I mean, he, he'll, he's going to do his best to try and bring all of us into temptation and sin. And for those of us whose faith is strong, he will do his best to exhaust us. Right, because he knows that it's really hard to bring some of us into temptation and sin. So for those of us who have a strong faith, he'll just do his best to exhaust us. Right. But the good, the best part about Ephesians six, we're going to talk about now. Right. And it's how we fight. Remember, Paul 
is trying to get across that this is a war. Correct. So Paul rightly so yeah. describes the armor of God. And I love that too because he goes he goes off and he says, you know, like there's these rulers and these dark realms and it can be a bit overwhelming when you read that scripture and say, bro, there's literally kingdoms of darkness surrounding me 24/7 at war in a dimension that I can't see. And there's all these wars and things happening in the spiritual realm. I can feel quite powerless. And then he goes, but you're not. You have been equipped with the armor of God to withstand the devil's schemes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, God through Paul in Ephesians six eleven tells us, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand mm -hmm. against the devil's schemes. To equip ourselves with armor is to make ourselves ready for the fight with the enemy. Right. So um, it's a lot. So we're just going to start we can breeze through this real yeah, quick because we're, we're already gonna, past time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to start breaking them down for you. So if you're in Ephesians 6, um, we're at the armor of God. I 14. Believe. Yeah, the, it's it says armor of God. It should be like a little subtitle. It might have right? a little subtitle, but if not on verse 14 is verse where he starts going, where off, start. so going off. We're going to go with the belt of truth first. Mm -hmm. Satan is the father of lies. That's John 8, 44. We are therefore exhorted to put on truth for our own sanctification and deliverance, also for the benefit of others. Right. So how do we beat the lies of the enemy? Know the truth of God. Mm -hmm. Right. How can I decipher whether the enemy is speaking in my mind or this is coming from God? Well, how well do you know God's word? Because if you know God's word, you know that that's God on the You know, like, for example, if somebody were to get on the phone and start talking to me, they can maybe mimic my wife's voice, but they can't mimic my wife's words. I know how my wife speaks and I know the things she would say and what she wouldn't say. And I know how she would say things. I can recognize my wife's voice from a mile away. All mm -hmm. right. But that's because I've spent a considerable amount of time getting to know her. So if you really want to fight against the devil's lies, you really got to know God's truth more than you know the devil's lies. And that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of studying, and a lot of time reading the word of God. And that's where the belt of truth comes in. Exactly. The next is the breastplate of righteousness. This righteousness is not the works of righteousness done by men. Rather, this is the righteousness of Christ imputed by God and received by faith, which guards our hearts against the accusations and charges of Satan. Right. And so, you know, again, like I love that you made that distinction that this is the passive righteousness of Christ, not the active righteousness, right? Because passive righteousness is the righteousness that was won for me on the cross. Mm -hmm. I put that I would choose that righteousness over the works that I that I produce. That will never fully protect me from anything. But the righteousness that was given to me by Christ, living that righteousness, that's what's going to protect me, um, my heart. Exactly. Um, this next one didn't really have just a name. He just said feet fitted with the readiness to spread the gospel. Yeah. Um, so I don't know they if call those them, are just... They call them sandals. Yeah, sandals. Some people put I like guess. sandals or I guess something sandals. like that. That might have been a better one. I just put feet fitted with the readiness to spread the gospel. But basically, the idea of the preparation of the gospel of peace as footwear mm -hmm. suggests what we need to advance in Satan's territory. Right. right. In warfare, soldiers would place traps in the path of advancing soldiers. Satan will try to use the same tactic. Right. He has many obstacles set up to try and stop the advancement of the gospel. Right. And the Bible says that um, it, it pre-Christ... The Bible describes humans as having feet uh, uh, that are swift to shed blood, um, that are that are feet 
are quick to move towards destruction, but rather now our feet have been equipped and how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. We were called as Christians to bring the gospel to the nations. Don't ever let that, don't let anything stop you. That's why I like that it's on the feet because that's the one thing that's going to stop you from moving. Mm -hmm. It's the the gospel is what keeps us moving. Exactly. The next would be the shield of faith. Our faith of which Christ is the author and perfecter, that's Hebrews 12 2, mm-hmm. is like a golden shield capable of making all of the attacks of the enemy ineffective. Correct. Um, faith is what's going to protect us. You know what I mean? That's what I love about faith is that it shields us. Um, when, you know, you get bad news or you get some kind of, uh, you know, uh, you lost your job or something happens that's really going to challenge, you know, my faith and believe and trust in God, maybe some questions. It's trusting in God that's going to reestablish you and help protect you against those those attacks from the enemy. That's why I like that it's the shield because it really blocks a lot of the lies of the enemy. Exactly. The next part is the helmet of salvation. Our head holds our mind, which when it has laid hold of the sure gospel hope of eternal life will not receive false doctrine or give way to satan's temptations the unsaved person has no hope of fighting off the blows of false doctrine because his head is not protected Mm. you know what i love about that too who's the head of the church jesus and what does he offer salvation Mm. helmet of salvation jesus is our head allowing him the the access to transform uh, let our minds be transformed and be conformed to the image of jesus christ the son um salvation your salvation is what is going to guarantee that your mind stays secure um through all of these things exactly and this last one is the only offensive weapon it's the sword of the spirit yep this weapon is given to us in ephesians 6 10 through 20 it is the word of god a greater spiritual weapon is not conceivable In Jesus's temptation in the wilderness, like what we had just talked about a little while ago, the word of God was always his overpowering response to Satan. Mm -hmm. The same word is available to us. Yep. And um, that sword uh, needs to be activated in all things. You know, that one of the one of the most amazing things that I've seen in Scripture is um, Revelation when it talks about Jesus, when he finally comes down, what comes out of his mouth? A sword. It's the word of God himself. And it's not just speaking the word of God to others, but speaking the word of God into our own hearts and our own minds. And when those bad thoughts come against us and those anxieties and those, uh, you know, when you when you really have really bad thoughts, thinking and saying the words of Jesus to myself, hey, I may think of myself one way. That's not what Jesus would say. That's not what Jesus would would speak over me. He would say this instead. Um, and just being having a healthy mind that way. Exactly. We are in a war, but we are victorious because we have been fitted with the armor that God has supplied us with. You know what? We forgot one, though. What did we forget? Prayer. Yeah. Is that? That wasn't it's right at the end, bro. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I did not forget that. Prayer? Prayer? Yeah. That's part of the... That's part of the armor, bro. Dang. I'm not saying that you forgot it, okay. but I don't want to keep going unless we talk about that. Okay, go where ahead. it says in all that you pray to God, right? Like ah, okay. that, that that that's what keeps. I think that that's the final thing, right? Like because because you think about it, what do you do? It's like you get yourself ready and then you pray. But wait, it's not part of the armor though, right? Like prayer is no, not. No, there's not okay. like a, there's not an I armor piece. Yeah, I no, I you're good. A armor piece. There, it's not a piece of armor. 
but it's super important because okay, it comes okay, right yeah, afterwards where it tells exactly. us that we continue okay. to I got pray. scared because I'm like reading through the armor pieces now. without like, ceasing. I forgot an armor piece. What's going to what's okay. going to keep us together? What's going to keep our armor together is prayer. It's it's not just all the pieces of the armor, but also praying and saying, God, help me fight this battle. You know what I mean? I'm ready for war, but at the same time, I still need God to do his part yeah. in protecting me. So you got me scared, um, bro. I thought I, I missed the armor. No, piece. I was good. like, what? <laughs> thought I got them all. I, I love no. getting, I love because I always do that because a lot of times when you look at the armor, because prayer doesn't have a piece of armor on it, freak, it's usually yeah. like, kind of like, oh yeah, that's just another part of it. But it, I, I think it's important to the armor. I wish no, I had a piece to definitely. it. Definitely. Um, what would it be? I have no idea because I in my head I'm like there's no way I missed a piece because I covered every body part. Gloves of prayer, but you're already covering your hands with the shield. <laughs> I guess the I gloves of prayer. <laughs> the I'm gloves making, of prayer. I, am I adding to scripture? Am I? I think so. I think uh, that's heretical. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm done. I think you're excommunicated now. <laughs> the of yeah, man. The well, greaves of. What are? I don't even know what greaves what? are. <laughs> your, your hands, you know, writing on your. Anyways. But yeah, they, uh, yeah. You go ahead. Yeah, Take I us mean, out. we have a we have a war to fight, and we will lose if we do not continue to persevere through Christ. Hard times will come, and they will knock us down. But God has given us the strength to get up. Mm. Victory was already handed to us at the cross, mm. and victory is ours to grab a hold of if we choose to take it. Preach. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.